Welcome, welcome, welcome to my lovely IHP community, to the 5D Collective. This involves people who know about a whole three-year-old heart and choose the human love narrative. You do understand working your nervous system and moving into a ventral vagal nervous system state and how there is a difference between those who don't. And if you don't know the difference, I talk a lot about it, not in this channeled guidance, but just to be clear, 5D mystics, there is no evil or devil in the way of the ancient texts. There are people who have big trauma and small trauma. And when someone has a trauma break that is um, big, what I, in my years of experience, not only as a mystic, but as somebody who's learning about trauma and attachment due to supporting people to be their self, personal development taken seriously, what I can tell you is that no demonic possession. The fear receptor of the brain works a little wonky. This is thanks to Patrick McNamara. He's a neuroscientist and he's interviewed in one of the Big Well or the uh, Big Think or something like that. And I have his book. I need to read it. So in the book, it'll explain what he is explaining in the video. But yeah, there's no demonic possession or any, you know, uh, demon possessing the body, the fear receptor breaks. And from learning about Dissociative Identity Disorder with Daniel Siegel in my course on Disorganized Attachment and Dissociative Identity Disorder, what I learned about the brain to protect the person as an infant growing up in an environment that is uh, potentially not safe for many reasons. It can be abuse, neglect. It doesn't have to be. There's, there's a lot of reasons. And so let's put to the side making any assumptions. But what I learned about the brain is it creates memory barriers and consciousness barriers when something is so overwhelming. So the people that I've talked to throughout the years, these are mystics and or people who have a level of clairs that they don't move into because it's better not to since they dissociate. And that's depersonalized, derealized. And that is because of ruptures that are so big when they come up, when it surfaces, it is uh, very scary. So what I'm trying to get at is it's not devil, it's not demonic, it's not uh, an entity, it's trauma memory that is trying to move into and get healed, but it stays lingering and so a person relives its PTSD. And because not everyone is a good therapist, and a good therapist means somebody who understands implicit memory, explicit memory, the neurobiology of attachment, and that believes in mirror neurons and believes in our body becoming whole again, meaning moving back towards its restorative embodied self, and the integration of the brain, lo and behold, we got separation. Human suffering people and ancient silverbacks and those, and then we got the others human love people and we're not ancient silverbacks actually we are very much in the present and know that we know some things and other things we don't know and the, th the some things that we're proving is that spirituality and science are coming together completely so the sphere and field of consciousness is a real deal but it's not the matrix story that you will hear and it isn't a plane of uh, duality and so on that note thank you for whoever is not a person who's in the human love narrative for stopping by, you can go and listen to your 4D readers. And that's where we're going to move into our channel guidance. So you are a person who knows how to not put yourself to the side. That's because of good therapists or because of you not having a trust break or a heart break. Okay.
and or basically ignoring your emotional body and your emotional unconditionally loving potential okay and on that note again because uh, i had recorded our channeled guidance but i needed to redo it because there's a couple of pieces that did not come through in the way that i had hoped i'm going to start with patrick tiahan and <clears throat> this is for those of you who don't know how it works for people who have childhood trauma children growing up in abuse will hide problems abusers needing help when a child is growing up in a child in childhood trauma they will quickly learn to hide things young children are already conditioned to know that talking about things going on in their world will make them worse this is especially true at home which is where we learn to hide when we are being bullied by another child, bringing it up with a parent usually brings indifference, criticism, and a big reaction. It is better to hide it. Quote, he, uh, parentheses, excuse me, problems. Then here we have, when we have an abusive adult at home, we don't bring it up at school for not wanting to bring on more trouble. We are often specifically told to not talk about what happens at home, or an outside perpetrator will make the same threat. It is better to hide it open close parentheses abusers now the next paragraph when we don't have our homework done because of domestic violence in our home the night before we try to hide or lie about why we don't have it completed we are too preoccupied to know to ask for help around homework so we do our best and present we don't need it open and close parentheses needing help as adults, we find we can find ourselves still hiding. He says some examples, not telling a close friend about our abusive partner, not asking for help from HR about a stalking coworker, not wanting people to find out about or coping strategies, not wanting to have partners meet our family so we make excuses, not asking for needs with roommates or work so we pretend they are not issues for us when they are. Our inner child, excuse me, our inner adult can recognize that we have some power in our adulthood that we never had growing up. Sometimes that power is just telling the truth about what is going on for us to fight through the urge to not make waves and create more trouble for ourselves. You're not in trouble like you used to be. So he's saying people that are now adults, they can understand that they're not in a household anymore that is unsafe and that speaking your truth can be what you want to do. Okay, and on that note, if you're a person who resonates in having a challenge with being able to speak your truth, I would like you to just note to join Patrick's community group, I don't know, maybe have a consult, because this indicates to me that you potentially are not the whole three-year-old heart of you who can stand up and say, I love myself and know clearly what this means. I will share what it means to love yourself first is not confusing for those of us who have a whole three-year-old heart. I've known it my entire life. The three-year-old mark is because our first three years of life are implicit memory. And I feel very good about my flaws and imperfections. And even when basically told you're not good enough for me, quote unquote, and right now, today's messages are going to be for romantic partners. And I personally am a polyamory individual, so I don't fit the mononormative world. 
which is already something that made me a person who is quote-unquote different in presenting myself to potential partners. And in that case, what I can share with you, especially if you're polyamorous, is that I have a secure attachment within myself. And I will always speak the truth. And so vulnerable and with the awareness of being potentially rejected, I will not hide who I am. And this is a difference. If you can do what I just described, which is even if I might be rejected, I will still tell you the truth rather than keep it to myself. I will cry with you and be vulnerable with you rather than hide it for fear that you will use it somehow. And I laugh because this is the whole point. How are you going to use my emotions? I don't give a shit about you mocking me, ridiculing me. What are you going to do? Go spread rumors? Go for it. I was a teenager like anybody else. The reality is, I don't give a shit. It doesn't mean anything to me, personally. That's healthy self-worth, people. It's called, I ain't superior in fear, and just because you're going to mock me and make me what? You're going to make me look like a fool? I don't give a shit if I look like a fool. Don't you see? The point is this. There is no shame. There is knowing how to stand up and actually look at a person and be like, yeah, I wish there was a devil that you could accuse and blame for this, but there's not. You know what there is? No, we don't do that. Because see right here, I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm, I don't actually have anything to say when people, and, and I don't have people like that, by the way, in my life. As a teenager, I recognized exactly what those people feel like energetically because what comes up is unfortunately the uh, inner child of them that has no peace and that adults today can find good therapy. So if you have a challenge being loving and compassionate and just open-hearted, genuine yourself, and you don't trust humanity, go to Patrick Tiahan because he's going to do a lot more good to you than I will because I'm here for people who are already in the human love narrative because it means you take your emotional body, your nervous system, and you know how to say, you know what, today was a day. Hmm, interesting. I have not lost hope with humanity, and I have not lost hope with myself, and I have not lost hope in love, and I have not lost anything. I actually know that today was one of those days where I got to deal with something unexpected, unknown, unwanted, uncertain, and I'm going to move into tomorrow with the same whole open-hearted, spontaneous heart that is curious to learn about more things and more people. And that can be vulnerable again and learn, though, that some people don't actually keep their word. They're not going to be quote-unquote trustworthy because they will do gossip, spread rumors, make fun of you as a mystic, believe me. <laughs> I have people who are scared of me which makes me laugh every time I, I hear about that one. But on that note, you are loyal to what you love. If you are yourself, you love your little quirks and you present your quirks without any shame. And if somebody actually has a way with that, and so in this case, when people have a hot button, so if they have some fragmented parts of their childhood self, Okay, so what happens when a person has low self-esteem and therefore they're passive-aggressive, indirect communicators, they're martyrs or superiors or blamers, and so they feel that they are a victim because they actually have the shame, defectiveness, low self-esteem button. 
And that's why there's so many different ways a person is triggered by those who have secure attachment with a whole three-year-old heart. It's not because we are better than other people. Nobody's better than another person. The difference is the human love narrative that is lived by the enlightenment soul age group done the human way. So when you are your restorative embodied self, you know you wield your future, you wield everything. And so do us as a species together. Okay, so none of us are saviors of anyone and no savior is needed. We are a species that evolves. Moving beyond the spirituality soul age group is something that we do in the 5D mystic plane. And on that note, though, we also integrate it. So let me read to you for a second. Sad Guru, this lovely quote. Karma is the foundation of life. Transforming these foundation stones of who we are into wheels that will roll and then wings that will fly is the essence of the spiritual process. Now, your first three years of life are implicit memory. And then you also have what is called an attachment system that will seek secure attachment in the first year of life and then you will play out the pattern of your household if you are unaware of your own relational relations in your house in your home okay and and that one is up to the eight-year mark you're accumulating a specific type of unconscious subconscious then you move into getting a little bit older, and then by your adolescent year, not only do we have a pruning process that happens to your brain, but you're going to seek the second lifeline, which is your peers. And this is actually the first choice point that you have if you're going to maintain your own purusha prakriti. So unconditional love, purusha, pure consciousness, and prakriti, that would be navigating, I'm going to say, the energy spectrum of you, but it's your nervous system. So knowing how to take that which arises from your body. Now remember, those first three years of life are important. A person who did not have a safe home is not intimate with their body. They're going to learn self-soothing mechanisms that will not be in favor of their inner and outer well-being. And they will hide things because they are in a scary home. They will be confused. They will be confused about a lot. And they will even at times basically not trust those who are unconditionally loving they will create a story, and uh, there's that. So let's move into, in fact, our conversation for the day. Romantically, uh, between friends, that's why the 4G readers have a very big uh, audience, because the human suffering narrative are all of those who do not move into their whole three-year-old heart with an adult in the room. So they have a group, and they are either needing to be rescued, and they find the group that rescues them, so there's a villain and a hero, and they're the rescued, and now part of the group, so they're shiny with their group, and they found home. Or they will uh, basically have a whole story play out of how they are superheroes, and who their supervillain is, and who they're rescuing, and, you know, so martyrs, superiors, or blamers. That's just equate it to that. And for those of us who instead know we're all people, we all work together, we're all beautiful the way we are, but yes, we can obviously move into emotional maturity. And so here, when we meet emotionally immature people, we learn how to handle that one. And not in a way that involves the universe testing us. And so needing to consistently 
be in a place of, let me see, am I behaving correctly with my romantic and or friend partners or whatever? Am I doing it right? Am I doing life right? Okay, so that, that is all a person who's a teenager is going to keep doing that. They don't, have to be a gro- they don't have to be a teenager. They're a grown-up. Am I doing it right? Hey, hey, where's my group? Hey, come tell me. Am I doing it right? I want to know if I'm doing it right. Yeah, do I got a thumbs up? Okay, so that's the people who look to their peers and will do that. I'm not here to tell you what you're going to choose. I'm describing the difference. Some of us, we don't do, let me check in with my group. No, I know what I'm doing. I don't need to check in. Oh, if I make a mistake, it's okay. It won't be a mistake. I actually will learn from it. Yeah, no, I don't have self-doubt. Oh, you don't, you think I should? No, I don't have it. I'm, I'm so sorry that you think you should tell me how to live my life. I did not know that that was your job. Uh, thank you, martyr, superior, or blamer person, uh, the victim of life. Apparently, you can't do anything by yourself is how I'm thinking of it. But hey, let me not be that because we don't do things by ourselves. I learned how to self-regulate thanks to safely co-regulating. I learned how to live in life and can live in life thanks to my peers, thanks to my society. But I don't need to feel shame if my society doesn't like me because I don't need you to accept me. I'm not living in the medieval times where you're going to kick me out. No, I live in the modern days where I go vote, where I choose you know, what I would want, where I have a whole different way that I am aware that I can live in this world. Okay, so on that note, because of the time we are in, there is no need for the ancient silverbacks, the people who want it. There's reasons for that. So let's talk about people who don't take ownership, and then we'll move into how to share that with, if you want, a person or people or what or conversation. I have had at least a handful of people the past two to four years make certain choices that as friends and family, right? So these are individuals who we've known each other for a gazillion years. <laughs> and on that note, the gist of it is uh, when you doubt yourself and you don't understand that your zero one-year-old is for you to tend to so that you can self-regulate your nervous system and then just allow yourself to know there is not one right way or one wrong way. There is whatever way you want. And the emotional vulnerability is actually for you to be able and uh, learn emotionally how to be okay with things that happen. You get to put into practice integration of the brain. So the right side of our brain works with the unknown, unexpected. The left side of our brain is a chit-chatter. And you can use both once you are integrated which is something that can happen only if you're using the state of compassion from your body and therefore oxytocin gene hormone. In fact, it is not about sexual activity when it comes to love. It's about do you feel safe to be yourself and do you feel safe to sit within a room with people. You can learn to always be that whole three-year-old heart by moving into the adult who says, yeah, I'm cool with me. And so I will again use me as a 5D mystic enlightenment soul age group functional adult, the mystic part, and my clairs are not things that I hide or hid at all as I began having them. And being seen as woo-woo is not something that makes me feel sad or mad or like, oh, how dare they? 
doubt me. I said, no, I would doubt me too. <laughs> I, I, I totally did not foresee clears coming into the mix. And, and as they did, I, I love every moment of guidance that I can support people through. And then for my own journey, the panic attacks, that, that's the more unpleasant part, but that let's put it to the side. So we are in a time of change. And this is why I'm channeling for the 5D community because this shift that is taking place, the 4D continues to talk about it in their usual way because the fear receptor in their body is not tended to by people who know how to handle their nervous system. They don't know how to pat themselves on the back and breathe and say, you know what, let's take it one day at a time. It's all going to be okay. Let's keep on stepping one foot in front of the next. And what am I doing? I'm building my community. I'm supporting my society. I'm trying to go vote. I'm trying to do this. I'm not going to get into the dysfunctional patterns of those who watch the mass media or any of those movies that are pretty much in a specific energy. And I won't fall for the whole spirituality warfare or the fear-mongering talk. And, uh, and again, let me proactively stay involved however I can, and in my body also stay at ease, because why would I do myself a disservice? Why would I live from the survival mode of my human being body? Okay, so on that note, when people come to you for what I consider petty guidance, because they don't even use it, um, but I should not use that word, because to some people, their whole world revolves around one human being. So we all have a primary caregiver and our zero one-year-old knows that that is our lifeline. And this is why some people stay within very specific monoamorous idea. So monogamy is what they want and that's fair and square because that's something explainable when it comes to your human being nervous system your attachment system and your societal system and your zero one-year-old wanting to be seen and then wanting to feel soothed, which means that I attune to you in the way that you are expressing to me your subjective life experience. So I'm a differentiated self when I'm an adult who knows I think and feel one way and that other person, independently from their age, will think and feel their way. And so attunement is only going to happen if I'm present. So I don't have an assumption of how you should be behaving. I don't have a brain thinking and, and, and strategizing. No, I come in as a blank slate, as a nervous system that is in ventral vagal. I see you and your felt sense of self gets felt and you feel seen. And then I come and I soothe you. And that means I hug you or I give you two words of comfort or something. And then you feel secure. You feel seen, soothed, safe, and secure with me. And then you can share with me intimacy and vulnerability. If you're a functional adult, you're going to consistently keep doing that. And we grow what is a safe haven, secure-based relationship, which does not involve moods that are of low self-esteem people. It involves... We're people who have moods because we're both securely attached to ourselves and then as a differentiation, me and you equal we. And that's because I don't equal you. So I will have a subjective experience as a mystic when I'm out and about and doing stuff and you might not because you're not. 
And if you don't know how to allow my dreamer and doer to be whole, I will notice it because you're going to not soothe me. And I will speak my mouth and say, that was not nice. Can we talk about this? Because emotionally speaking, I actually don't do well like that. that. That doesn't have my body feel at ease. And it's not your responsibility, I know, but if we're going to be partners, then I'm going to expect, yes, that mentally and emotionally we lift each other up because life is mental and emotional. So physically, the two are here. And I will speak it to you. I will not shame. I will not blame. I will not fault or revenge. But depending on how the conversation goes and if on the other end you don't have, if you don't have a securely attached person on the other end, that's the minute that their inner child and anything that they have that is not resolved and that is in an emotional sense of unease comes up. If they're functional adults, secure attachment, they'll know how to say, wow, you know what? I now, <laughs> I feel really shitty about this and I don't know how to do what you're telling me to do, actually. Because see, this is a person who would know themselves. But I care about what you just said. And so I don't know if I can do what you're telling me, but I can try. And here, I ask you some more questions about what this means. Or I just say, you know what, we'll revisit it whenever it comes up again. And then we keep moving forward. So we revisit. It happens again. It's like, okay, so you remember that conversation we had the last time about my emotions and how I feel and, and that I feel that, well, okay, it, it happened again. So and Terry Real gives a good example. I'm going to use his. He's a good therapist for people who want to grow up and be great in your couple. Okay? Monogamy, polyamory, whichever one. He's really great. Um, so he says in this short, I think it is, uh, the wife, he's using wife and husband as the scenario. So on that note, I, I don't believe he's closed off to any type of lifestyle choice, but he typically uses the male-female equation in his examples and so he says okay wife comes home she says to husband directly hey look i i'm about to start sharing with you i don't need you to solve this i don't need you to do shit just be like a girlfriend right now i personally don't agree with that necessarily but i understand it what i mean is if you're going to choose to live forever a life for as long as you are alive you're going to want your emotional needs met otherwise what the fuck <laughs> again what are you doing so something's going to come and, and be missing. Now, here's the other deal, though. If a person doesn't feel satisfied with that, they, they, don't, they shouldn't have to do it. And that's on the person, though, to say, you know what? I'm not going to be able to function in this relationship, so I have to disengage because emotionally, this, to me, doesn't work. And I will use an example. I will be vague, but from my past, and it's something that came up after the relationship was done. And it was basically that there had been complaints about personality traits that I have and that I still have. And <laughs> they have not gone away. In fact, this is the part. The individual did know. I mean, I spelled it out. I don't change. This is who I am. Take it or leave it. I don't know what to tell you. So people think of change as something that happens to everyone we all have different definitions of change so let's go there and the essence of you doesn't change it expands i'm expanding consciousness so i'm the same 
three-year-old, I'm just an adult now, which means I have moved into a self that is a grown-up. In fact, polyamory is something that came into the mix in time, not as a 16-year-old when I was with the first teenager boyfriend. And here's where, though, had I had a less mononormative world, I would have probably said, hey, you know, we have this great option. It's called ethical non-monogamy. How about we do this? Because it's the second time, even though I actually don't think it would have happened that way because of the way that those events took place. But by the third time, I probably like, you know what? I think we're going to go polyamory because I'm pretty sure that's what you are preferring. You just don't know how to say it to me. (laughs) So let's do it this way. What do you say? What do you say? But the person probably would not have said yes, by the way. The personality of the person, uh, definitely not in the mix of I'm open to loving more than one. And that was the equation that I knew partly. Okay, so here, I'm not a person who is jealous. You're not my possession. (laughs) And don't you dare come and treat me like a possession. That's objectifying. So the part about culturally is what I had been told by my lovely Italian friends. And I said, yeah, I don't do jealousy at all. Not even a little bit. So it's not a book. But what was explained to me was that people, and it's actually something I've seen true. Like I'm a grown up now and the grown up women and men, they have the same conversations, but I noticed that Americans did the same too. So it's not just Italians. And then I noticed a lot. So mononormative it is. Okay. And, and yeah, I don't, I don't, have that insecurity so you're not my property don't treat me like your property and if you think that that means I don't love you well fine I don't love you then I guess you know like that's the deal it's 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 a differentiated self though I'm just going to share that healthy self-worth means I'm not afraid to lose you why would I be afraid to lose you I'm not another person you're not another person nobody can be you we're unique and what is this competition what why, why are we competing so it, it feels like immaturity, which is what it is, according to the good trauma experts. But again, we don't need to spell it out that way. So long story short, I knew that this was something missing, meaning that me not being jealous culturally and for this person and any person really moving forward was not going to be something that made a person feel loved. But I still will say I'm not a jealous person. This is not who I am. One one of my, the shortest lived relationship. And this is where that was my, I remember sharing this story. And actually, you know what? I want to get to our channel guidance versus just doing examples. So I'm going to leave it to the side and just come back around. And as I was saying, when in the other relationship, I end up hearing that there were behind the scenes complaints. I'm like, mm, that's not, yeah, that, that, that's not right. <laughs> there should not have been behind the scenes complaints but I also knew the minute that they would have been brought to me I would have said ciao we're done because I can't be this thing that you're telling me and and that's the part the person knew but that is where they gave up their self and none neither of us have any complaints we're we're friends we're family we're loved ones the point is though they denied themselves a type of relationship that they were more inclined to want culturally and just as a person and then they ended up instead finding the right person so they put up with something that they shouldn't have and they put themselves to the side and that's with people who are not securely attached within their own self as their whole three-year-old self and what I mean by that is 
They don't say, I love myself first and this is how I, ro this is how I roll. You don't like it? Uh, bye. I roll like this. I have nothing else to say to you. So romantically speaking, a person who can stand up like this, you speak like this, not after, no, immediately. This is how I roll. This is who I am. I will respect you. Of course, I will respect you. So if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's, it's okay. We don't, we, a relationship is a bonus in, a rela in, in life. If you don't add to my smile and my heart and any of that, I, I, I don't have, yeah, room for the human suffering people. And that's side note. So on this lovely channeled guidance day, let's move into it. You have the ownership of you. You love yourself. You love people. You can handle basically any shit, quote unquote, that comes your way. Okay. And I wanted to make this clear because people who have not this capability, Patrick Tiahan, please join his group and look into how to become a whole human being. Terry Real, join his group. He's great. You can learn healthy self-worth. I teach you, yes, unconditionally loving yourself, flaws and imperfections, but it's already to be yourself. So if you can't handle being loved, the inner growth mindset gets you to work with your mindset, which on that note is what, I was watching this neuroscientist, I need to finish watching the actual video because I was interrupted while I was watching it. And one second, I have notes. So when the memories persist across different classes of information and across different brain areas, that equals your mindset. And he was talking about how memory is created by the synapses that strengthen when they're used repeatedly and effectively, which is something that we are not going to get into, but your brain structure is supported to grow the corpus callosum, the hippocampus, the prefrontal cortex, and the connected, connect, the interconnected connectomes. All of these help you to have integration of the brain, these four areas and these four things are supported by mindfulness, meditation, compassion, intervention, yoga, all of it, okay? And they're also the same areas that are compromised in their growth when you have had childhood trauma or trust breaks and things that were overwhelming and da-da-da. Okay, so with that being said, a brain that is strengthening the synapses repeatedly and effectively that creates memory and that basically is your relationship to certain things then when those memories persist across different classes of information and across different brain areas so your brain structure that is your mindset and mindset is important for how we perceive the world but also how we remember it and this is Andre Fenton and it's a video on YouTube let me go find it for us so I can just give you all the title in case you're curious the video, where are you here? Can you trust your memory? Is memory real? And he is saying how you can't, but it's not that you can't. He explains what he means, okay? So you can trust your memory, but essentially there's implicit bias. So you have emotions that come up. So it's, it's about you understanding with ownership of you, and here's why integration of the brain, when you have it, this means when my past comes up, when my sensations in my body come up, me, Maria, I know they're coming up and I know how to use my words to say something. A person who instead has biological rudeness, they have reactiveness due to major situations. That's why I said Patrick Tihan, great, go to him. He's awesome. And his community, you can stay here too, but please 
go to him and understand childhood trauma so that you can become the adult self of you. I'm already the adult self of my three-year-old, and that's where I'm starting from, and that's who I'm channeling messages for and being a support to because we work on emotional building regulation skills. So if you cannot work with your brain with the inner growth mindset and you have a shame cycle, inner critic, outer critic, drugs, alcohol, sex, food, procrastination, basically you find yourself giving up everything you are, what you are, da, 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 again and again and again with those stories, those narratives, you're not ready to take ownership and accountability and you don't want to of your own emotional plane. It's not a race, people. It's a desire to. And the desire can only come when you're not afraid to go within, which instead people who don't have the awareness of information and or desire, they don't know how to. So here's the story of people who don't choose their self and they actually think that they are martyrs or superiors or basically the world is this big bad place and all people are going to be liars. And when they get into anything romantic, they're all over that one, okay? So I always end up into relationships they're not transparent and they're not authentic and they don't tell the truth. They hide shit and why does this always happen? Okay, I'm going to paint this picture and I'm going to also paint the picture of people who have ignored their own inner guidance and they end up finding themselves in a situation after two, three or four years and these are real situations. I have a villain in my story I am not the superhero, I am the victim of my villainous story and I was rescued by the universe that was testing me and is still testing me and uh, I'm being given again reward and testing. I got the angels protecting me and I got the universe protecting me and I think people are mean and evil and I hope this one is going to work, that this time it's a real deal. Okay, so the people who stay here, they consistently look to their uh, angels and guides, and it's not about the angels and guides, it's you're looking to be rewarded and tested. How old are you? Are you still trying to make mommy, daddy, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy happy? Because that's what's going on. That's codependent, people. Low self-esteem, indirect communication with oneself, and not taking accountability of your own nervous system and recognizing, wait a minute, I can navigate from a different place. It's called, I don't need to be talking to the universe necessarily. I can but not in this way, and I don't need to be looking at my life as a test. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't need to be tested. Why am I testing myself? Uh, so grown-ups know how to talk about, no, we're not tested. We get dealt. No, we don't get dealt. We live every day. Okay, so people who instead, they are working from a plane of adaptive child who is seeking somebody to tend to their inner child. Why does this always happen to me? So uh, this person ruined my life. They brought to me all this stuff. They cursed me. They actually, um, they just, I don't even want to go there. So they may, there's a lot of people that make up shit in their brains and then they don't take accountability or ownership about the choices they made when they doubted their own instinct, which said, oh, this is not a good match for me. Yeah, I, I don't know though. I, I want to stay. But you just said they're not a good match. Are they a good match or not a good match? Well, it's okay, you know, you have problems in all relationships, yes, but you're, you're telling me that you actually presented certain things and they ignored it. I'm going to say this is not a good match. They, they ignored your feelings. So when I, for example, have presented situations throughout my years of my lovely relationships, I've had plenty of lovely, lovely people, one of them just came to my mind, who shared and share, well, why don't you, you know, 
get out of the situation. And why don't you move into this and why don't you do that? So proactive solutions to getting out of emotional distress. And that's fair and square, which is why, in fact, I always thank my loved ones whenever they will have presented equations. In time, people who love unconditionally learn how to harness those areas because we are not actually seeking to put people to the side. Sometimes we're just seeking to share moments, okay? And that is what a person who has love as the narrative is consistently able to sit with emotions, share them because we're processing them and not make it into a story. There's no superhero, there's no villain, there's no victim. And that's one of the equations that a person who's a functional adult, secure attachment, they are a somatic empath, and that's my Zen masters. Those of you who are stable in the enlightenment soul age group, the human way, you're able to be in the presence of a person and walking the walk of life, pubs, all these things, all this uh, misalignment because of unresolved trauma, and to be a person who's not judgmental, you don't cast stones when you're walking into places, you have the ability to feel happy that you're able to participate in life, and when you see what I've shared with you recently, um, it just makes you sad, not mad, and to see non-disciples casting stones, well, that's the teenagers who think they know everything, so on that note, that's something specific for those of you who are here. Keep on loving, keep on bringing forth your compassion, and keep on remembering the only people who can choose their self are the very same people that have the human suffering narrative and the unresolved trauma, and if they want, they can get out of it because there's people like Patrick Tiahan who help people to claim what is theirs and to know how to love themselves first. So we love ourselves first, and we're going from here. Those were other stories. The people that are living the other stories, they have found solace, is what I'm going to say. The ones who instead have decided to rise up from the quote-unquote ashes, they have learned to say, you know what? My thoughts and emotions, they rock, and I roll. <laughs> and I'm going to roll with the person and or people that roll and always are there with a love narrative because they know that emotions are the most beautiful part of our life. And so we can explore them deeply together because as lovely, thank you, Terry Real points out, any person who's a functional adult will not have one beef when you ask them something about their emotions or their life or their story. They will talk to you. Transparency and authenticity is what you find with grown-ups. okay? And so in our last 15-ish minutes, unless I decide to make it a little bit longer, when a person says, I have given always everything and people seem to manipulate and take advantage and lie and not be authentic. And this is where the conversation, I'm going to use a conversation to present to you, which, what is this? Okay, so your channeled messages and guidances to love, first and foremost, openly and freely, like a three-year-old, and that no person can actually hurt you by lying to you or leaving you into the unknown, meaning your heart is a muscle and you get to be a person who can say, wow, okay, I took a shot, I risked it because I wanted to try and have a relationship with this human being, whether you are polyamory or monoamory, okay? And that didn't work out. It's okay. Moving to the next one. 
if instead there's repeat patterns, then one can say, okay, do I have a unresolved childhood story playing out again and again? And you'll find people within the attachment research community, again, good therapists that they can support you as well as also I, but this is where the variabilities are important to notice. How easy is it for you to love yourself first? Because if it's not easy, then you, you want to understand there's a journey to get to becoming the person who can stand up for yourself. If you can't stand up for yourself, then you're not going to be able to choose what? You're not choosing. The one is not the one. We have an episode on that one coming up and we always have had episodes on it. It's you are your one and you can basically state it to people. This is what I am. You want it? Good. You don't? Good. <laughs> it's, it's not. So we choose based on what resonates and when we felt seen, by the way. So there is a special moment that people will have connected with another person that's what creates there's a spark but it's not just a spark the felt sense of self is what you will notice if you are a person who is whole within you if you are not then no that's a person who's potentially confused but then again who's needing in fact to relive a relationship to get clarity on where their inner child is not being tended to by their self the adult okay so with that being said, no relationship is ever one that will not help you to expand to more if you're seeing how to love yourself. And as I presented to this person when uh, they said, but if you're polyamorous, okay, got it. But what if the person's not telling you the truth about them being with other women? And I was like, well, it doesn't really matter unless they bring to me something physical, then I'll know and I'll address it. I'll address why did you lie? I mean, it's ethical non-monogamy. I directly asked your question. You can eat. What the fuck? That's, that's how I said to this. I said, that's what I would do. I would be like, I don't, I don't get it. Why are you lying to me? And, and then he, he goes on to ask, well, what if they keep lying? And uh, doesn't that make you think that they're fake or that they're pretending? I said, I don't. I, I, I said, I, Love doesn't change because love is what you share with a person and you have a bond. I, I, I began to, to explain and I said, and really a person's not pretending or faking. What is happening is they don't know how to tell me the truth because there's something beneath the surface that they got going on. I don't need to know what it is. It won't change in my book because I know basically they're not someone I can count on to speak the truth. That's all. So what, what happens is I have a data point of visibility that you don't know how to speak a truth and that's it. I love you the same. Our bond doesn't change. I mean, it goes through a recalibration, of course, because we're not going to be able to be always, I mean, really, no, it's that I can be vulnerable, but you're not going to be vulnerable because you're hiding shit from me. And that's not something that is a huge deal, though, for a person who's, in this case, a solo poly. I don't build a couple-centric life. And so I'm saying to him, I, I still don't understand your equation. And he's like, well, no, but they're pretending. I said, okay, let me explain. When a person's afraid, they're not pretending. They have fear within their own body. Whatever it is, whatever the reason, doesn't matter. Again, I said, that's theirs, not yours. So the equation is you can choose two things. You can keep on being in the relationship, or you can get out of it. It, it doesn't um, make the person pretend or fake. And then I said to them, if you keep using this word, you're going to stay within your emotional immaturity as a teenager who's basically saying, I want this person to be something different than they are. 
you have a proactive choice, which is, you know what, because I see that there's not the ability for you to be truthful to me, I, I'm feeling that I don't want to keep this relationship. So if it affects you that way, that's what you do. On the other hand, some of us, we are not into saying something like that because, see, to me, I said, I know, humanly speaking, that this person has some insecure shit going on and that's not them pretending. They just don't know how to be vulnerable. And I don't need to point it out to them because why would I? So again, I said, it doesn't make any difference if a person's lying. Plus, I said, you'd have to find out. And again, if they are lying and I'd find out, I would just say, what the hell? <laughs> I don't understand why you're lying. So what, what, what do we want to do about the relationship? Because obviously, to me, it's not really cool and I don't get it. You have open terrain to live the life you want because, you know, in polyamory, we are compersion, but people who are securely attached are compersion. And I'm using it wrong, but it means you're happy for the happiness of others. That's what love is. Love is, I don't need you to be in my life. I want you to be happy, which is why we also don't go around saying, maybe next lifetime, twin flame, which is where some people do shit like this because they're still holding on to their hands the fact that their twin flame for the saga people didn't choose them, <laughs> which is bullshit because you don't get chosen. But then again, here's that zero one-year-old. See me, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy. You didn't see me for how I am. I want you to see me exactly how I am. And if you don't see me, I'm going to be whining about it the rest of my life and holding it on my finger and being vengeful toward it. That, that's, that is what some people do. So on that note, the twin flame thing, by the way, is a real deal, but only for the 5D mystics that don't do drama for them. No, it's real for them too, but <laughs> I shouldn't say that because it's real for everyone that wants to have one. But there is a difference when you actually know your oversoul is what I was trying to get to. So mystics are people who have clears, by the way. They don't have to have uh, experience with them but they will have a way to tap into the sphere of energy. So those individuals um, know of their oversoul, which is why, again, we don't actually need to use words on our oversoul. But when uh, we have come across them, any person will know of who their twin flame and flames are, soulmates, and that's because we recognize each other immediately. And that's, in fact, the most amazing thing of being a mystic, where... where um, your oversoul, and on that note, as we close on out, your oversoul and you have a very beautiful bond, and those of you who are taking ownership of your emotional plane, what you will have noticed is that it's a playground because they mirror to you and uh, speak to you in ways that help you to expand, to become more of you. Since you have a loving self, that's, again, a person who doesn't doubt yourself, who doesn't crap on you. You don't do the inner critic, outer critic. You do the inner growth. The chit-chat is an equanimity. So you sit with those sensations and emotions and you don't be like, oh, I wasn't chosen. I am unwanted forever and ever. No, it's I feel unwanted, but I'm not unwanted. I was in a situation where I'm a person, they're a person. We have different ways of thinking and feeling life. And I can learn how to explore this which I did not choose necessarily, but that it's been presented. I'm not being tested by the universe or rewarded. My relationships are not an object of tests or rewards. These are people. They are in my life for reasons, or anyways, they're in my life, or they were in my life. Whatever it is, you're not creating a um, test sheet <laughs> of your relationships. 
you're living it. And so you say, I, I was in a situation and I'm now experiencing the ability to evaluate what took place, what didn't. And at the end of the day, this is the spot of grown-up land. We enjoy and expand every one of our relationships because they always will have brought value and they still bring value in their words to us. The people who hide things, they're not hiding things from us. As I explained to this person, I said they're hiding things from themselves, but there's a deep vulnerability that they are not going to need to be addressing with me. They need their therapist for that one. I am not their therapist. <laughs> it was like they, they might have an attachment wound for all I know, and that's for them to find out, not for me to spell out. And that's because, again, we're not here to parent each other when you are living a functional adult relationship the securely attached person loves themselves first automatically. We don't put ourselves to the side. We say, here's who I am. Here's what you can expect. And I'm not going to be changing. This is actually the real deal. So you can rock and roll with me. You don't have to. Authenticity and transparency is a choice that you make because you can be emotionally vulnerable because you choose to lead with an open heart. And that's because you choose, why would I go into a relationship without putting all of me into this what, what what is that that's not love that's a bullshit story and as i shared this with this person like yeah i was like yeah duh it's just you trying it out if it works then you got you got something going and it's beautiful whether monoamory or polyamory you have open-hearted relationship it's being vulnerable and authentic and transparent but i said it means a person is that with themselves and they're not ashamed of it and they're not afraid of it and so they don't have an unresolved traumatic situation that they haven't evaluated with their own inner growth brain to say, I was not treated like a piece of shit. I did not get the fake person. The No, I, I got a person. I got stories and they went this way and that's about it. That's all. That's all that happened. And that's not because we don't have feelings. It's because we don't do our survival nervous system mode and stay in our amygdala and ruminate. People who have integrated brains, we have chit-chats with ourselves. We don't have wars going on in our brains because we don't use inner critic, outer critic, and then we don't numb our emotions through drugs, alcohol, sex. The hypersexuality and alcohol and drugs, not a good mix. That's how people just stay within stuff. Um, long story short, some people also choose something different, but... That's not for our community. So relationships minus the drama, it's because you take emotional accountability and maturity seriously. And you learn how to love with an open heart and a three-year-old open heart of yours. And that's because you're good with being your flawed, imperfect self. If somebody doesn't like you, it's okay. They don't have to. It's not because humans suck or all men or all women or all days suck and that relationships suck. <laughs> no because some people don't know how to be their functional adult and say, hey, here's how I'm feeling about this thing, and then to allow themselves to roll with it. And uh, when you meet people who can roll with the punches, that means that they don't get all scared when you come out with the passionate side of you. So yeah, this is one of those things that I also told this person. I said, when somebody is, again, lying, they're not faking or pretending. I don't consider them less authentic or less transparent. I consider it a person who has just shown me they don't have a sense of safety to be their self and to be in a relationship and to accept me and then to tell me the truth. So that's a couple of things that equal simply put F-E-A-R. 
And because of being trauma-informed, I said, I know that there is a lot more that goes to that and it's not for me to unpack because they will have made their choice to lie or whatever it is and that's a choice point and it makes me know they're not intimate with me or with themselves or with me. So if they know what they're doing and they're choosing not to disclose, then they're choosing to manipulate, to trick, and therefore they don't even have my emotional well-being in the forefront because they're not thinking if I don't say what I'm going to, you know, the, the whole point is they don't know how to be a grown-up in a relationship. So that I don't need to know anything else. I have gotten to see the fear response. And so I said, not transparency, not authenticity. No, it's none of that. It's just the person who needs time to grow up emotionally. And that's if they want to. And that doesn't make me want to leave and run away because they didn't do anything. I said, even if you get specifically in situations, heartbroken ones, I said, you get to grow up from it. I said, look at me. <laughs> so on that note, love, it always expands when you choose it. The human love narrative, 5D mystics, functional adults, enlightenment soul age group, welcome aboard. And I look forward to being back with more. Have a great day.